part six of the medicine men of the apache by john gregory bork this librivox recording is in the public domain part six clay eating the eating of clay would appear to have once prevailed all over the world in places the custom has degenerated into ceremonial or is to be found only in myth the aztec devotee picked up a pinch of clay in the temple of tezcalcapoca and ate it with the greatest reverence sagan is quoted by square as saying that the mexicans swore by the sun and by our sovereign mother the earth and ate a piece of earth but the use of clay by the mexicans was not merely a matter of ceremony clay seems to have been an edible in quite common use edible earth was sold openly in the markets of mexico Yon tierra says gomara in the list of foods given by him the eating of clay was forbidden to mexican women during pregnancy diego duran describes the ceremonial eating of clay in the temples of mexico llego a dedo el suelo y congende tierra en el lo metió en la vaca en la cual ceremonia llamaban comer tierra santa and again he says that in their sacrifices the mexican nobles ate earth from the feet of the idols comian tierra de la que estaba a los pies del idolo but the mexicans did not limit themselves to a ceremonial clay-eating alone thomas gage relates that they ate a kind of earth for at one season in the year they had nets of mail with the which they raked up a certain dust that is bred upon the water of the lake of mexico and that is kneaded together like unto oaths of the sea diego duran mentions the ceremonial clay eating at the feast of tezcapacapo agreeing with the note already taken from kingsborough there is reference to clay eating in one of the myths given in the popol vuh the quiche deities onafu and exbalcanque desiring to overcome the god cabracan fed him upon roasted birds but they took care to rub one of the birds with tizate and to put white powder around it the circle of white powder was no doubt a circle of hudentin or something analogous thereto intended to prevent any baleful influence being exercised by cabracan mais il frotteront l'un des oiseaux affect du tisate et lui mirant de la poussière blanche à l'entour in a footnote the word tisate is explained to be a very friable whitish earth used in polishing metals making cement etc terra blanchâtre for priable et dont il se serve pour polir les métaux ferra du ciment etc cabeza de vaca says that the indians of florida ate clay de la terre he says also that the natives offered him many mesquite beans which they ate mixed with earth mele évêque de la terre the hawasses of florida ate earth tierra in the trial of vasco pocaya de figueroa in santiago de cuba in fifteen twenty two for cruelty to the natives he sought to make it appear that the indians ate clay as a means of suicide 
el abuso de los indios en comertiera seguen matandosa de intento comienda tierra the muiscas had in their language the word hipetera a disease from eating dirt whether the word dirt as here employed means filth or earth and clay is not plain it probably means clay and earth venegas asserts that the indians of california ate earth the traditions of the indians of san juan capistrano california and vicinity show that they had fed upon a kind of clay which they often used upon their heads by way of ornament the tatu indians of california mix red earth into their acorn bread to make the bread sweet and make it go further long states that when the young warrior of the otto or omaha tribes goes out on his first fast he rubs his person over with a whitish clay but he does not state that he ate it sir john franklin relates that the banks of the mackenzie river in british north america contain layers of a kind of unctuous mud probably similar to that found near the orinoco which the tine indians use occasionally as food during seasons of famine and even at other times chew as an amusement it has a milky taste and the flavor is not disagreeable father de smet says of the atabascan many wandering families of the carrier tribe have their teeth worn to the gums by the earth and sand they swallow with their nourishment this does not seem to have been intentionally eaten some of the siberian tribes when they travel carry a small bag of their native earth the taste of which they suppose will preserve them from all the evils of a foreign sky we are informed that the tungusas of siberia eat a clay called rock marrow which they mix with marrow near the ural mountains powdered gypsum commonly called rock meal is sometimes mixed with bread but its effects are pernicious the jucabiri of northeastern siberia have an earth of sweetish and rather astringent taste to which they ascribe a variety of sanatory properties there is nothing in the records relating to victoria respecting the use of any earth for the purpose of appeasing hunger but gray mentions that one kind of earth pounded and mixed with the root of the mene a species of hamadorum is eaten by the natives of west australia the apache and navajo branches of the atapascan family are not unacquainted with the use of clay as a comestible although among the former it is now scarcely ever used and among the latter used only as a condiment to relieve the bitterness of the taste of the wild potato in the same manner it is known to both the zuni and to Sion. wallace says that eating dirt was a very common and destructive habit among indians and half-breeds in the houses of the whites los apasionados a comer tierra son los indios otomacos the earth which is eaten by the otomacs of the rio orinoco is fat and unctuous waits cites Husinger as saying that the otomacs of the rio orinoco eat large quantities of a fatty clay clay was eaten by the brazilians generally the romans had a dish called alica or frumenta made of the grain zia mixed with chalk from the hills at petulie near naples 
according to the myths of the senegalese their brahmins once fed on it earth for the space of sixty thousand years prehistoric foods used in covenants it has been shown that the apache on several occasions as when going out to meet strangers entering into solemn agreements etc made use of the hodenton a similar use of food generally prehistoric can be noted in other regions of the world it was a kind of superstitious trial used among the saxons to purge themselves of any accusation by taking a piece of barley bread and eating it with solemn oaths and execrations that it might prove poisonous or their last morsel if what they asserted or denied was not true those pieces of bread were first execrated by the priest from which he infers that at a still earlier day sacramental bread may have been used for the same purpose at rome in the time of cicero and horace a master who suspected that his slaves had robbed him conducted them before a priest they were each obliged to eat a cake over which the priest had pronounced some magical words carmina infectum the people living on the coast of coromandel have an ordeal consisting in the chewing of unboiled rice no harm will attach to him who tells the truth but the perjurer is threatened with condign punishment in this world and in that to come bread is bitten when the ostaks of siberia take a solemn oath such as one of fealty to the czar sacred breads and cakes since the employment of hodenton or tulipollen as a sacred commemorative food would seem to have been fairly demonstrated before closing this section i wish to add a few paragraphs upon the very general existence of ritualistic farinaceous foods in all parts of the world they can be detected most frequently in the ceremonial reversion to a grain or seed which was passed or is passing out of everyday use in some particular form given to the cake or bread or some circumstance of time place and mode of manufacture and consumption which stamps it as a survival so deeply impressed was grimm with the wide horizon spreading around the consideration of this topic that he observed our knowledge of heathen antiquities will gain both by the study of these drinking usages which have lasted into later times and also of the shapes given to baked meats which either retained the actual forms of ancient idols or were accompanied by sacrificial observances a history of german cakes and bread rolls might contain some unexpected disclosures even the shape of cakes is a reminiscence of the sacrifices of heathenism the first bread or cake to be mentioned in this part of the subject is the pancake still so frequently used on the evening of shrove tuesday in antiquity it can be traced back before the reformation before the crusades were dreamed of before the barbarians had subverted rome before rome itself had fairly taken shape there seems to have been a very decided religious significance in the preparation of pancakes on shrove tuesday in leicestershire on shrove tuesday a bell rings at noon which is meant as a signal for the people to begin frying their pancakes the norman crespier du gange 
are evidently taken from the fornicalia on the eighteenth of february in memory of the method of making bread before the goddess fornax invented ovens under crispelle ducange says rustici apud normanos vocant crespes ova paca mixta cum farina et in satagina frixa and says that they are ex herba farina et oleo these same crispella are to be seen on the rio grande during christmas week in the greek church and throughout russia there is to the present time a pancake feast at shrovetide at one time a custom prevailed of going about from one friend's house to another masked and committing every conceivable prank then the people feasted on blennies a pancake similar to the english crumpet in the pancake we have most probably the earliest form of farinaceous food known to the nations which derived their civilization from the basin of the mediterranean among these nations wheat has been in use from a time far beyond the remotest historical period and to account for its introduction myth has been invoked but this wheat was cooked without leaven or was fried in a pan after the style of the tortilla still used in spanish-speaking countries or of the pancake common among ourselves pliny says that there were no bakers known in rome until nearly six hundred years after the foundation of the city in the days of the war with persia but he perhaps meant the public bakers authorized by law the use of wheat and the art of baking bread as we understand it to-day were practically unknown to the nations of northern europe until within the recent historical period nothing would be more in consonance with the mode of reasoning of a primitive people than that at certain designated festivals there should be a recurrence to the earlier forms of food a reversion to an earlier mode of life as a sort of propitiation of the gods or goddesses who had cared for the nation in its infancy and to secure the continuance of their beneficent offices primitive man was never so certain of the power of the gods of the era of his own greatest development that he could rely upon it implicitly and exclusively and ignore the deities who had helped him to stand upon his feet hence the recurrence to pancakes to unleavened breads of all kinds among various peoples this view of the subject was made plain to me while among the zuni indians mr frank h cushing showed me that the women when baking the loaves of bread were always careful to place in the adobe ovens a tortilla with each batch of the newer kind and no doubt for the reason just given unleavened bread the unleavened bread of the earliest period of jewish history has come down to our own times in the feast of unleavened bread still observed by the hebrews in all parts of the world in the bread used in the eucharistic sacrifice by so large a portion of the christian world and apparently in some of the usages connected with the half understood fast known as the ember days brand quotes from an old work in regard to the ember days they were so called because that our elder fathers would on those days eat no bread but cakes made under ashes the sacred cake or draona of the parsi is a small round pancake or wafer of unleavened bread about the size of the palm of the hand 
it is made of wheat and flour and water with a little clarified butter and is flexible a variety of the draona called a drasast is marked with the fingernail and set aside for the guardian spirits of the departed cakes and salt were used in religious rites by the ancients the jews probably adopted their appropriation from the egyptians during all the passover week fourteenth to twenty-first nisan i e during this week's moon shemites fast only eating unleavened bread and most diligently not without reason cleansing their houses and especially had all leavened matter to be removed for the new leavener had now arisen and prayers with curses were offered up against any portion which might have escaped observation the law of their fierce yahweh was that whoever during all this festival tasted leavened bread that soul should be cut off which godwin mollifies by urging that this only meant the offender should die without children which was still a pretty considerable punishment for eating a piece of bread the great day of pentecost is the sixth of sivan or say the twenty-second of may eighteen seventy four from the first barley two loaves were then made the offering of which was the distinguishing rite of the day of pentecost on st bridget's eve every farmer's wife in ireland makes a cake called barenbrech the neighbours are invited the matter of ale and pipe go round and the evening concludes with mirth and festivity Valencia identifies this as the same kind of offering that is made to Ceres and to the Queen of Heaven, to whom the Jewish women burnt incense, poured out drink offerings, and made cakes for her with their own hands. The Hot Cross Buns of Good Friday The belief prevailed that these would not mould like ordinary bread in several counties in england a small loaf of bread is annually baked on the morning of good friday and then put by till the same anniversary in the ensuing year this bread is not intended to be eaten but to be used as a medicine and the mode of administering it is by grating a small portion of it into water and forming a sort of pañada it is believed to be good for many disorders but particularly for a diarrhoea for which it is considered a sovereign remedy some years ago a cottager lamented that her poor neighbour must certainly die of this complaint because she had already given her two doses of good friday bread without any benefit no information could be obtained from the doctoress respecting her nostrum but that she had heard old folks say that it was a good thing and that she always made it brand quotes a writer in the gentleman's magazine who shows that they were formerly at least unleavened page one fifty six they are constantly marked with the form of the cross it is an old belief that the observance of the custom of eating buns on good friday protects the house from fire and several other virtues are attributed to these buns page one fifty six hutchinson in his history of northumberland following bryant's analysis derives the good friday bun from the sacred cakes which were offered at the archite temples styled boon and presented every seventh day page one fifty five 
a very interesting dissertation upon these sacred cakes as used by the greeks egyptians and jews in the time of their idolatry is to be found in brand's work page one fifty five to one fifty six practices analogous to those referred to are to be noted among the pueblo indians they offer not only the kunke but bread also in their sacrifices in the sacred rabbit hunt of the zuni which occurs four times a year and is carried on for the purpose of procuring meat for the sacred eagles confined in cages a great fire was made on the crest of a hill into which were thrown piles of bread crusts and in the smoke of which the boomerangs or rabbit sticks were held while the hunter recited in an audible tone and with downcast head the prayers prescribed for the occasion one of the early spanish writers informs us that the women of the pueblo of santo domingo on the rio grande offered bread on bended knees to their idols and then preserved it for the remainder of the year and the house which did not have a supply of such blessed bread was regarded as unfortunate and exposed to danger a prehistoric farinaceous food of the romans survives in our bride cake or wedding cake it is well understood that among the romans there were three kinds of marriage that called comptio that called concubitu or usu and the highest form of all known as conferatio from which the fact that bride and groom ate together of a kind of cake or bread made of the prehistoric flour the far we have preserved the custom of having a bride cake which is still served with many superstitious ceremonies it must be cut by the bride herself it must be broken in pieces formerly these pieces were cast over the heads of the bridesmaids and after being passed through a wedding ring a certain number of times it must be placed under the pillow of the anxious maiden to serve as a basis for her dreams exactly what this prehistoric food was it is now an impossibility to determine with exactness torquemada shows that long after the romans had obtained the use of wheat they persisted in the sacrificial use of the nola isla paro and escanda forms of wild grain once roasted and ground and made into bread by their forefathers a similar usage prevailed among the greeks Pliny speaks of the bearded red wheat named in Latin far, and tells us that rye was called sicale or farago. The radical far is still to be found all over Europe in the word for flour, farina, farina, or harina, while it is also possible that it may be detected in the ever-to-be-honored names of farragut in the eight marriage rites described by buriana the initiatory oblation in the fourth that in which the father gives his daughter away consists of parched grain this rite is one of the four which are lawful for a brahmin the parched grain to be used would seem to be either sesamon or barley although this is not clear vashakta says chapter twenty seven concerning secret penances he who uses barley for his food becomes pure the pages of brand are filled with references to various forms of cake which seem properly to be included under this chapter 
in england there formerly prevailed the custom of preparing soul cakes for distribution among visitors to the family on that day and to bands of waifs or singers who expected them as a dole for praying and singing in the interests of the souls of the dead friends and relatives of the family on the island of st kilda the soul cake was a large cake in the form of a triangle furrowed round and which was to be all eaten that night in lancashire and hertfordshire the cake was made of oatmeal but in many other parts it was a seed cake and in warwickshire at the end of barley and bean seed time there is a custom there to give the ploughman foise a species of thick pancake all soul cakes were distributed at time of all souls day in england and scotland the old custom was to have a funeral feast which all friends and relations were expected to attend wine currant cake meat and other refreshments varying according to the fortune of the family were served liberally the bread given out was called arval bread there is no special reason for believing that this could be called a hodenton custom except that the writer himself calls attention to the fact that in the earlier times the bread was in the form of wafers the romans had a college of priests called the fratres arvales nine or as some say twelve in number to whose care were committed the sacrifices in honour of ceres at the old limits of the city to propitiate that goddess and induce her to bestow fertility upon the fields these ceremonies which are believed by the editor of bone strabo to survive in the rogation day processions of the roman catholic church recall the notes already taken upon the subject of the arval bread of the scotch the sacrifices themselves were designated ambarva and ambarvalia in scotland and england it was customary for bands of singers to go from door to door on new year's eve singing and receiving reward in the latter country cheese and oaten cakes which are called farls are distributed on this occasion among the criers in the former country there was a custom of distributing sweet cakes and a particular kind of sugared bread a fine kind of wheat bread called wassail bread formed an important feature of the entertainment on new year's day in old england among love divinations may be reckoned the dumb cake so called because it was to be made without speaking and afterwards the parties were to go backward up the stairs to bed and put the cake under their pillows when they were to dream of their lovers references to the bealtines ceremonies of ireland and scotland in which oatmeal gruel figured as a dish or cakes made of oatmeal and caraway seeds may be found in brand pop antique volume one page two twenty six in blount tenures of land and customs of manners london eighteen seventy four page one thirty one and in pennant's tour of scotland in pinkerton's voyages volume three page forty nine in a charm for bewitched land we find the mode of making a cake or loaf with holy water the mince pie and plum pudding of christmas are evidently ancient preparations and it is not unlikely that the shape of the former which prior to the reformation was that of a child's cradle had a reminiscence of the sacrifice of babies at the time of the winter solstice 
grimm has taught that where human sacrifice had been abolished the figure of a coffin or a cradle was still used as a symbol there is a wide field of information to be gleaned in the investigation of the subject of bean foods at different periods or festivals of the year and upon this point i have some notes and memoranda but as my present remarks are limited to prehistoric farinaceous foods i do not wish to add to the bulk of the present chapter costia boiled rice and plums is the only thing partaken of on christmas eve galena at times one may find in the medicine of the more prominent and influential of the chiefs and medicine men of the apache little sacks which when opened are found to contain pounded galena this they tell me is a great medicine fully equal to hodentin but more difficult to obtain it is used precisely as hodentin is used that is both as a face paint and as a powder to be thrown to the sun or other elements to be propitiated the apache are reluctant to part with it and from living apache i have never obtained more than one small sack of it no one seems to understand the reason for its employment mr william m beebe has suggested that perhaps the fact that galena always crystallizes in cubes and that it would thus seem to have a mysterious connection with the cardinal points to which all nomadic peoples pay great attention as being invested with the power of keeping wanderers from going astray would not be without influence upon the minds of the medicine men who are quick to detect and to profit by all false analogies the conjecture appears to me to be a most plausible one but i can submit it only as a conjecture for no explanation of the kind was received from any of the indians all that i can say is that whenever procurable it was always used by the apache on occasions of unusual importance and solemnity and presented as a round disc painted in the centre of the forehead the significance of all these markings of the face among savage and half-civilized nations is a subject deserving of the most careful research like the sectarial marks of the hindus all or nearly all the marks made upon the faces of american indians have a meaning beyond the ornamental or the grotesque galena was observed in use among the tribes seen by cabeza de vaca ils nous donneront beaucoup de bulles contenant des sachets de marcasites et de antimans en poudre talaguillas de marhagista de alcohol molido this word mahaista means iron pyrites the encyclopedia britannica says that the peruvians used it for amulets so also did the apache what vaca took for antimony was pounded galena no doubt he was by this time in or near the rocky mountains on the northwest coast of america we read of the natives one however as he came near took out from his bosom some iron or lead-coloured micraceous earth and drew marks with it across his cheeks in the shape of two pears stuffed his nostrils with grass and thrust thin pieces of bone through the cartilage of his nose it is more than probable that some of the face paintings with black earth ground charcoal etc 
to which reference is made by the early writers may have been galena which substance makes a deep black mark the natives would be likely to make use of their most sacred powder upon first meeting with mysterious strangers like vaca and his companions so when the expedition of la salle reached the mouth of the ohio in sixteen eighty the indians are described as fasting and making superstitious sacrifices among other things they mark themselves with black earth and with ground charcoal ce daban contiera negra au carbon molido from an expression in burton i am led to suspect that the application of coal or antimony to the eyes of arabian beauty is not altogether for ornament there are many kinds of coal used in medicine and magic carbusier says of the apache yuma galena and burnt mescal are used on their faces the former to denote anger or as war paint being spread all over the face except the chin and nose which are painted red in Coleman's Mythology of the Hindus, London, 1832, page 165, may be found a brief chapter upon the subject of the sectarial marks of the Hindus. With these, we may fairly compare the marks which the Apache, on ceremonial occasions, make upon cheeks and forehead. The adherents of the Brahmanical sects, before entering a temple, must mark themselves upon the forehead with a tiluk, among the vishnuits this is a longitudinal vermilion line the sevites use several parallel lines in saffron maurice adds that the hindus place the tiluk upon their idols in twelve places among the kaffir the warriors are rendered invulnerable by means of a black cross on their foreheads and black stripes on the cheeks both painted by the inyanga or fetish priest a piece of galena weighing seven and a half pounds was found in a mound near naples illinois occasionally with the bones of the dead are noticed small cubes of galena and in our collection is a ball of this ore weighing a pound and two ounces which was taken from a mound and which probably did service enveloped in rawhide as some form of weapon galena was much prized by the former inhabitants of north america the frequent occurrence of galena on the altars of the sacrificial mounds proves at any rate that the ancient inhabitants attributed a peculiar value to it deeming it worthy to be offered as a sacrificial gift see also squier and davis End of part six.